Yeah, thanks, guys. You guys just awkwardly stand. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Okay. Sweet. Awesome. Welcome. <laughs> you guys don't know me. My name is Andrew. I work here on the college staff, and I'm so um, grateful to be able to just, yeah, step in God's word with you guys this week. Um, if this is your first time here, um, never met, welcome. I'd love to meet you. Um, we'd also say that as we talk... Um, Sorry, that's blinding me. Uh, as we talk through just tonight and all the things, um, know that don't feel like weird or outcast because you don't know what's going on. Um, know that there's a place for you, and it's just like anything. The first time you step into it, it's a little awkward. So um, I don't want you to leave this place feeling like, oh, that was weird, um, because it is if it's your first time. But um, I'm so excited to jump into um, kind of the series we've been talking through. Um, so... We are, this beginning of the semester, we're kind of laying the foundation um, of what our ministry is, right? Um, these things would be kind of like pillars, kind of like when you're building a house, you lay a foundation to build everything upon them. And that's kind of the way that we view um, what we've been teaching on last week, this week, and what Michael will teach on next week, um, which is this, it's Bible, community, and mission. Um, and what, what that is for us is that everything we do, if that's Thursday nights, if that's life groups, if that's hanging out on campus, if that's... Um, our late night, which I heard is happening tonight, everything comes with the goal of Bible community and mission. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk through what does that mean? What does it mean for us to be central um, in Bible community and mission? And so last week we dove into Bible and it was talking about um, who God is and we know God through his word. And so we read the Bible, um, not in this action, but to encounter and engage the God who created us and wrote the scriptures. Um, and tonight, we are going to jump into community. And what does that mean? Um, and so my goal for tonight is to kind of lay a foundation of what is Christian community? What does it mean inside of God's word to talk about community? And what does that look like practically for us um, as people, as the people of God, as people kind of questioning and thinking? So I want to start with this question. Um, when I say the word community, what comes to mind? You don't have to give any answers. I just want you guys to think about it, right? Maybe community is like, oh, the community I grew up in. Like, I'm from um, right outside San Antonio, and it's like a community of people, right? Or maybe it's a neighborhood. You grew up in a neighborhood. It's a community. Maybe you think of a people group in a certain place, in a certain area. Uh, maybe for some of you guys, the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the word community is the show community. I don't know if that's aging myself because... I never watched it, so I just know it happened. It was out when I was in high school. Um, but I hope this movie quote just goes so much better than last week when I asked you guys if you guys knew Rush Hour 2 and Micah, the old guy, was the only one who's ever watched, seen it, and me. So, but who, who here has ever seen Finding Nemo? Oh, thank you. Okay, so I was, think, I was thinking this question, like what? Like community, community, community. And the first thing that came up to me to think was Finding Nemo. Right, and, and then I realized, I, I re-watched Finding Nemo like the first like 20 minutes, and I realized what happened at the very beginning, and Coral dying, and I was like, okay. But, um, so what happens kind of at, towards the beginning is you have this scene, right, of Marlin the clownfish and Nemo the clownfish, right? And it starts, and Nemo's like jumping on Marlin, he's like, we're going to school, Dad, we're going to school, we're going to school. And, and they're having this interaction inside of an anemone, right? Say, so I got you, yeah, I mean, you don't know how many times I practiced that word. Um, right, they're, they're, they're hanging on the anemone, and Marlon's like, 
He's like, Nemo, make sure you go through the tentacles so you're okay. And then they, they go and they meet the teacher and he's like, where, where are you from? He's like, anemone, anemone, right? I didn't know this, right? And I, I just thought of it like, oh yeah, a clownfish lives in an anemone, but I really didn't know what that was. And so then I started doing some research and I found out that there is this like symbiotic relationship between a clownfish and an anemone, right? So what it is, is the clownfish lives inside of the anemone and it also eats the scraps, scraps of food that come. And the way it gets scraps of food is because the clownfish is supposed to look so innocent and cute to other fishes that fish come to eat it, they go through the anemone, which has poisonous tentacles, and it poisons the fish and then eats it. And then it leaves food for the clownfish to eat. So it's like the cycle of life going on with the, the clownfish and the anemone, and they kind of work in unison together. It's not just um, clownfish, anemone, they're there, but there's something that's moving and going and growing. And the thing is, is when we talk about community inside of the church, inside of Christianity, it's not this just coexisting, right? For many of us, community is just this coexisting that has happened, right? I, I have a community if you live in the dorms or if you live in an apartment complex or you live with your family or something. There's like community is just, for most of us, is just a form of coexisting. But when we talk about it in the sense of the church, it's something so much more. It's this unity that happens together. And I want to kind of dive into that because inside of scripture, we see that God has called us to community. He has called us to be amongst each other, right? We aren't solo by ourselves doing it alone, right? Just like the unity of the clownfish and the anemone, the community that we talk about works in a very similar way, and we see that in scripture. And so I want to kind of like dissect what that means when we talk about community. And we see it a few different ways talked about in the scripture, but I want to highlight one that I think is so important for us. I want to define it for you. Um, when we talk about the community of Christ or the body of believers, we talk about it in a form of a body, right? In three different places in Scripture, we see this. So in Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22, it says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the households of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together in a dwelling place for, for God by the Spirit. It says this in 1 Corinthians 27, another place. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Um, and then the last place I see it is, and we'll actually have it on the screen, because I think this encapsulates all of the idea of being a part of a body and moving and working together. It says this in Romans 12. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though, many, are one body in Christ, and individually, members one of another. And so like I said, we aren't just people that coexist, right? We aren't, like... We, when you look around the room, these aren't people that you should just see and go like, cool, I see them on a Thursday night and that's it, right? We don't coexist as we talk about community. Community is something that is moving together and it's working. And the Bible talks about it as a body for a, like, a pretty specific reason. And I want to kind of explain that to you, to think of it this way. I want, to, I want just to visualize the idea of drinking water, right? Because we've all done it. So if I was to like put, put a table here and put a glass of water and I just stared at it, 
am I able to drink the water? No, right? Like there's this thing that happens with my body that my eyes see the, the water and I'm like, man, I want to drink that. But now I have to somehow get my arm and my hand to move to the glass of water. But my arm and my hand can't like grab the, the, like, the, the glass of water. So I have to use my palm and my fingers to grab it. And then I have to use my arm and my hand to bring it back to my mouth, right? Then, like, that doesn't cause me to drink. Now, once it's in my mouth, you use your tongue and the muscles and, the, and your throat to swallow the water. Now, that's a super overly, like, dramatic, in-depth thing to talk about drinking water. But there's a purpose, right? Like, our bodies, it's, like, we just see it as movements. Like, someone told me one time, you don't think about how your body moves until you lose the ability to use it. Like, I, I recently messed up my ankle pretty bad, and I, had, I was, like, hobbling around, and I was like, this sucks, but I don't think about walking until I'm not able to do it. Like, I broke my hand over the summer, and I couldn't grab things, and I forgot what it's like to grab and use my hand, or even write, because I'm right-handed, because I didn't have it. Like, the idea is, when we talk about communities, that we are a body, and we're not just a body, we're a body that is unified and we have gifts and abilities and we do things and there's something moving towards a goal that we need each other around us for. Right. Another way to think of it is this. Actually, um, Ethan, who's in here, um, gave this idea. We were sitting around and actually in this room. We were talking about community, what that looks like. And, he's, and he's, he brought this up and it was a good point. He says, um, the community that we live in, the body of Christ is kind of like an ecosystem, Right? All parts of the ecosystem have to be present to work correctly. If you remove one part of that ecosystem, it can all be destroyed. There is a balance that is happening that each species is helping the flow of all things continue to happen. Our community is like an ecosystem. Each one of us is needed, regardless of how we feel. And when one of us is missing, something's missing. Right? So community is not just like when we say the word community, I don't want you guys to think it's just us being present. You matter so much more in this community than just being present. And I think many times we forget the truth of that. We forget that we are needed because it's about, a, it's not just, it's about being in a place and having a purpose and working towards a goal. And I wanted to start there because I think we often think of community, like I said, as something just being here. But what if we took on the step of something more? What if we knew and believed that community was reaching and aiming towards a goal? And it looked like an action and doing something and a purpose. Would it change the way we view community? So what I want to do for the rest of the time is I want to sit in a passage in the book of Acts that I, that I believe encapsulates and shapes this idea of what a moving, active community looks like that you are a part of, and you're not just a person in a place, but you're a person that God created for a purpose with, the, with other people. So it's going to be on the screen. You can, you can flip to it however you guys want, um, but we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 2. It's going to be up on the screen as well. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed 
um, were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So for you that have never heard of Acts or anything like that, what the book of Acts is, is it's the story of the, it's the, story of the start of the church. So like the church we're in now, the start of us at the very beginning started with us in the book of Acts. Jesus has died. He's risen back to heaven. The apostles have put in a new apostle and the, and the church of Christ has started, right? They're in the city of Jerusalem, which is this massive city hub that there's trading and all these kind of things, different ethnicities, different ethics. It's this massive, massive bubbling running city. And the church that we are today started there. And this is the the first place we see of what Christian community looks like. So far up to this point, we, people were together and they coexisted and they saw that there was something, but there was nothing pushing them forward. And so as we talk about community, I think we see four different things in these passage, from this passage that I, that I think is a marker of Christian community. And this is not the extent of it. I think there's more. But I think if we pursue these four things as a community, I think we will be far and ahead, um, just deeper and closer than we expect it to be. The first thing I see is this. They are pursuing Christ. Right? It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Right? The first part of their pursuits, the first thing that community has to be centered on is the pursuit of Christ. Right? There's no other pursuit worth or even matter if the first one is not looking and chasing after Jesus. And what I love about this passage is it's talking about Christian community is it's not talking about this solo chasing after God. I think many of us, we talk about Christian faith or we even share our faith as this one-on-one journey that it's me ascending to God, but we don't see that in Scripture. God didn't save a person. He saved a people. And what that means is God is an individual God, and he knows and he saved you, but he's called you to pursue him in the midst of a group. Christ is meant to be pursued with other people. Right? These people here, they, they chased after the Lord together, pursued after Jesus together. Right? It doesn't say that they were at home Right, breaking bread, reading the or hearing the apostles' teaching, praying, and then they went somewhere and met together. There was this common pursuit after God that happened among them. In Hebrews, it gives us a better explanation of this. It says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our first purpose, our first pursuit is to pursue Christ together. Just like what it says in Hebrews, it's stirring one another, pushing people along. Because if we're very honest, we understand the struggle of chasing after Jesus sometimes. It's hard. It's difficult. We believe lies. We fall short. But the point of pursuing in community is to to build us up. When I fail, when I mess up, when I don't keep going, is to other believers to be around us to say, you got this. Look at Jesus. Look at who he is. 
Remember, he's pouring out his love and grace on you, and it's not those lies that you see and you hear. How many of us live in a community like that? For some of you guys here, I I, want to say this is like, the pursuit I'm talking about is not just an empty chasing. Right? I'm I'm not saying to chase after Jesus because it's the right thing to do, but it's because Jesus first pursued us. Right? If you've never heard this, like Christ created us. And the thing is, is the God who created us has been overly and abundantly rejected so often. Right? Even us, if you have your faith in Christ or not, we have rejected God and we have placed things above him and filled our hearts with broken and empty things. And these things just continue to leave us broken and empty. And ultimately, these things that leave us broken and empty, it's called sin. And it's, the, it's choosing to chase and do other things apart from God with rejecting God. Wanting something other than the God of the universe. We call this sin and we all are tainted with it. And God saw this and realized he couldn't be near us. But he pursued us and sent his son to die on a cross, to bear the weight of our sin never choosing a broken or empty thing, and he died on a cross to race three days later, and then finally to go and be back in heaven. And he looks at us saying, now pursue me because I first pursued you. I'm not, ask, I'm not calling you guys to be in a community because it's a fun thing to do. I'm calling you a community because it's far greater because you have a God who loved and saved you. And now he says, I've pursued you, now pursue me. And he's given us this group to do it together. The first thing we pursue is Christ. The second we see that we, from these passages, that as a community, we pursue others. Um, In verses 44 and 45, it says this, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Right, what what I find interesting about this passage is it doesn't just say, like it's not just pointing to this idea of like I sold things and I gave them away. It's this idea that our, their eyes were up and looking around to see the needs of people. Right? They, didn't just, they weren't just selling things and doing things. They looked up and they saw that people had need and they wanted to be common with people, the comfort and the okayness of what's going on. So they sold things so that people can, so people can have those needs met. And I know this is pointing to a financial thing, right? Like they're helping people in financial need. And kind of like the truth of the matter is most of you guys here being college students are in some financial need. Right? You don't got money. Like, you guys don't have, you, right? If you saw someone, like, on the street, you couldn't, like, go sell anything because you don't have anything. Like, right? Like, the idea of financial need, like, in some ways is like, I, yeah, I guess. Like, when I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't have much, but I, I have stuff I could sell and give to people. I have things to give. But for you guys, it's like, yeah, maybe you have a few dollars here or there. But what I think ultimately what they're pointing to is, like, do we care for people? Do you see someone hurting and in need? Are you willing to give up your time? Are you willing to give up your hearts, your emotions, just to look up and look around and see that there's people hurting and care for them? A community has to be marked for care for the people in it and around it. Do we care? Does that matter to us? Are we marked by our pursuit of Christ? Are we marked by our care for others? 
The third thing I see is um, a community is to be marked by their pursuit of worship. It says this, in the day, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Right? For, the, for what's going on here is the idea of worshiping or being able to worship God require them to go to a physical place. So before, back where they were at, their idea was like, I have to go to a temple, and everything I do to worship God has to happen in the temple. Right? And in some ways, it's kind of a view that people have of church, like, oh, like I go to church to like know God. Um, and that's kind of their view. Like at this point, they're like, I have to go to the temple to worship God. I have to go here to be with God. And the, the truth of the matter is that because of what Jesus did on the cross and how he pursued us and how he saved us, we now can have a relationship with God. Wherever you're at, at any place, at any time. But what these verses are saying is just the sweetness of being able to worship together. Right? Um, I want to use this example because I, I thought of this, I was thinking of something to say about this and I was like, it's not exciting to get exciting alone. And that sounds really confusing, right? When I say like, it's not exciting to get exciting alone, I want to use this example. Who here goes to live events? You guys have been to CSU football games, basketball games? Those are considered live events. Yeah. I never, said, I never said it was exciting to go to CSU football games. I just said it's a live event, okay? We're not going there. Um, but, like, you guys have been to live events, concerts, um, sporting events, plays. Like, I don't know what you guys do for live events, right? Um, but I think of this live event. Who here knows what the World Cup is? Okay, it's where, it's where we play soccer, the whole world plays, America's not very good at it, it's okay. But what's happened is a few weeks ago, almost probably, yeah, close to a month ago, the World Cup final was happening. And it was France versus Argentina, it was this great live event. Um, I was at my house, on was a Sunday morning, um, and we were watching this amazing game happen. It was me and my wife, and my friend Brandon and his wife. And I was sitting there, and this game is going crazy. It's going back and forth. They end up going to penalty kicks, which is like sudden death in soccer. It's this really great thing. And I sat there, and I was like, man, wouldn't it be boring if I was just here by myself? Like, my wife Lauren is not going to get excited about this. She's on her phone half the time going, oh, cool. Right? Like, but Brandon and me, we're like, this is awesome. Like, we're jumping up. Like, Kylian Mbappe, who's like one of the guys on France, kicks this kick Time's expiring. It's crazy. We're just like jumping around. We're getting so excited because it's very exciting to get exciting with someone else. Because the opposite is this. Um, the NFL playoffs just happened. If you don't know what the NFL is, it's the National Football League. If you don't know what the National Football League is, we can have a conversation later. But they're in their playoffs, and there's a team called the Dallas Cowboys. And I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys. And they did this horrible play. And I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm like, fingers crossed, you lose, please lose, please lose. They lose, and I, it was a terrible play. And I crack up laughing on my couch. I'm like, these guys are terrible. I'm so glad they're losing. And I was like, well, there was a joy for five seconds, because Lauren didn't care. So it's like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's not exciting to get exciting by yourself. And I think what happens is sometimes we talk about worship with God, and we don't really see the point of being amongst each other here, worshiping God. But there's something that happens when we worship the God of the universe together. That's why Thursday nights are so important. We would say they are. 
right? That's why Sunday mornings, we're like, hey, you should come because there's something awesome that happens as we worship God together. And the early church understood that. Here in the book of Acts, they understood the, I, the truth of a community must be marked by their worship together. And I'm not saying you, have, you can't worship on your own, right? Like, it's not possible. Just like I don't think you, like, I'm not saying you can't pursue God alone. But what I'm saying is God created worship and pursuit of him to be so much deeper and rich when we're doing it with other people. When we come together and we sing his praises and we talk about his truths, right, it's worship. As we sit here and you, you talk to each other about, you know, maybe something you heard this week or you read or something I or Micah or Adam has said before, like, that's worship. And it's so much deeper when we do it together. The last thing I see is this. <clears throat> a community must be marked by their gospel mission. Right? In, the last, in verse 47, at the end of it, it says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Here's the truth. We have a God who delights in saving the lost. And the thing is, is he uses us to, to proclaim it. God can save anyone. God can choose to save whoever he wants at any time. But that's not how he created it. He created us to go and proclaim the gospel. That's why before he left this earth to ascend back to heaven, he says this in Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's people should be marked by the pursuit of sharing the gospel. We talk about community, God's community, the community that we talk about of not just coexisting, but moving towards something should be one that's pursuing Jesus, one that is known for caring for others, one that come together to worship and one that have a common mission. And like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think these are four markers that I, and if we were a community that did this, I know the Lord's gonna bless it. Just like in the book of Acts, he blessed them. But I also understand it's like, community is not easy. Like I'm not up here trying to say like, this is so easy. If you just do these things, it all happens. Like, we understand community's hard. Like, we understand that sometimes um, friendships aren't as deep as we want them to be. Or maybe we thought when we came, we'd be welcome, but we really haven't. Or maybe we thought people would remember us, and they don't. Right? For some of us, maybe it's past hurt that's caused us to not be in community. Maybe it's because people have turned on you and stabbed you in the back. Or maybe we were rejected because of the things we've done or who, we've, who we are. And maybe we've experienced a leader falling. I know that living and pursuing community is not easy. And there's things that in our lives that have caused us not to want to do it. But I promise you, no matter how messy and dirty and hard it may get, the promise of what God's doing inside of community far outweighs all those other things.
So I want to ask this as we close. Are we doing these things? Actually, I want to I change that question. Are you doing these things? Are you pursuing Christ with others? Are you intentionally looking and seeing those and caring for them? Are you worshiping and desiring to be with other believers as you worship? Are you living your life on mission? If you say no to these things, and I ask the question, what's holding you back? And for you that would say like, hey, I'm not a believer. I, I, I don't know about this church thing. I want you to know that we'd love, we want you here. We'd love to have you here and be a part of this community. Don't think because you don't have all the answers and all the right things to say and all the, your whole, all the ducks in a row to make sure everything looks okay. And on the outside, you may be able to put it together, but inside there's a lot going on. I want, to say, I want you to know you're welcome. And we want you here. And don't feel like an outcast because you don't have it together because I don't have it together. No one in this room has it together. Community is not this perfect thing that we put inside a little box and we hand away. It's messy and it's hard, and, and yet we talk about it in this pursuit of wanting more and wanting to pursue Christ and love people and worship him and share the gospel. We realize it's not, it doesn't always look like that. And so I want to say if this is your first time or a few times and you're not, and Christ is not what you've surrendered your life to, I would ask that you keep coming and be a part of this and keep asking questions and keep considering. Because regardless if you put your faith in Christ or not, that know that here today you had a God who pursued you and he loves you enough and loves you, cont 